it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail. It's the final word, T20 World Cup Daily. Adam Cohen's and Jeff Lemon. Day 23 of this World Cup. Uh, it's for Seba Super. Making your hard work pay off. Seba Super com.au We're enjoying a West End. The best end of the day is the West End of the day. Close? Something like that. Something. Yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. We're in Adelaide. That's why this is happening. Yes, we've got, we've got Michael who's been listening to the program and thus watching us, um, you know, uh, watch the game with him. Mm-hmm. And now he's watching us record the pod. I mean, nice. it's very eyes wide shut. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of watching going on. Um, and that's just the kind of way that things get towards this end of the tournament. It's party time. You pants. could say that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we say pants off. Wait. Pants optional. Pants optional. Okay. Well, I've got my strides on, and you've got yours on too. But nobody knows. There's a table here. Anything could be happening under there. If you're a Pakistani fan, you'd have every right to get your strides off after that performance. Tell us about it in 30 seconds. First semi-final. SCG. Finn Allen out in the first over. Pakistan's quicks put the squeeze on. Wicket falls. Conway last ball of the power play. They're a runner ball by the 10 over mark. They go up to nine and a half through the last 10 overs, but not enough. 153. Barbara Azam uh, makes a mockery of it with Mohammad Rizwan. They put on over 100 together. And they will get a bit nervy in the end. Harris Mohammed gets them home with a few big hits. They win. They're in the final. Yeah, it's one of those games where, I mean, we've spoken a lot about anchors, haven't we, in the last couple of weeks, specifically Kane Williamson. And I know, Jeff, you've got fairly strident views about the role of Williamson. And the Among other things. Of him in the, in the New Zealand side. And a couple of times I've, I've sort of said, if it, if it comes off, the ends justify the means. And 46 from 42 stands out, given they get to 1-5 to him and, and Mitchell down the other end unbeaten on 53 from 35. If Williamson finds a way to end up, say, 
60 off 49 or, mm. you know, 65 off 52. We're probably having a, a different conversation around him. But getting out when he does to Shaheen Shah, when he comes back into the attack towards the end, it just meant they didn't have that upward lift towards... We, we thought that might be in their interest losing that wicket, but it wasn't. Nisham doesn't get a hold of Pakistan, who bowl well at death, and they're, they're nowhere near it. It ends up being a, a, a clinical victory for Pakistan. Well, they still scored quicker with Nisham there than they were with Williamson true, there. True. It, it, it wasn't... What I mean is that, like, it didn't materially change their innings because he batted for so long. It, yeah. So it's this peculiar thing, right? When New Zealand came out in the first game and tailed up Australia and put 200 on the board, we thought, hello, here's a really competitive team who's ready to go to town and looking at it now you realize just how much that rested on Finn Allen and the yeah. start that he gave them you know 40 off bugger or 40 off 15 odd balls after four or five overs of that power play and so much relies on him to do that because when he's out third ball of the match today you know hits his first ball for four he's out from the third ball he faces and then it's Williamson just just kind of ticking the scoring over with Conway and neither of them are really prepared to put the foot down. Conway tried a little bit, he went after it a little bit more, but Williamson was tucking off the pads to midwick and running singles and that's about all he did for the first 10 overs of the game. And yes, the bowling was very good. It was a, a an in-concert kind of uh, coordinated appearance. So Shaheen Shafridi starting it off. Harris Ralph was important. Yeah. Asim Shah bowled well. Mohammad Wasim Jr. came on and backed them up. They all, I mean, they, they were getting the ball to reverse by about 12 overs in. They were nailing Yorkers. They were hitting a length that was hard to smash away. So it's, it's not like there was a lot of slot bowling there to hammer. But there was also absolutely no attempt from Williamson to force the pace until it was, the, I think it was the 14th over, he hit a ball for six. six yeah. And a couple of overs later, he got a four, you know, clipped away behind square. And that was it for his entire innings, one, four, one, six. And right. it's not a sustainable way to play T20 cricket. And I'm, I think you're just looking at a player who used to be a lot better at this, who used to be, a, who used to, he used to be more a 65 or 40 kind of guy rather than a 45 or 40 kind of guy. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to have that ability or at least to have the confidence to try to play that way anymore. And we spoke about when Australia were eliminated that it might be sort of a, a bit of a turning point in the way they set up with their T20 side. Even since their elimination, we've heard from the coach um, they are going to really use the Big Bash League as a means of working out who the, the next generation of players coming through, filling up the top six. Maybe it'll be the same for New Zealand and that you know, Williamson's spot might be part of that. I mean, I know he's led this side so admirably now to many World Cups across the, well, the two white ball formats and the World Test Championship final last year, but that, that, that might be a takeaway from this. You're right, 1-4 and 1-6, a strike rate of 110 um, in, in, in conditions where... Uh, they were always going to ha find it hard defending, like you know, as we know later in the tournaments, it tends to be sides that are chasing to do well. And on a tricky sort of surface, where 15 or 20 more runs would have made a massive difference. It's not so. like they needed 50 more runs. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, they they fell short of par effectively, right? And uh, Ben Jones has just finished filing a piece where we were um, with him a moment ago. Uh, he, he, the difference between 46 from 42, which is what. Williamson's finished with tonight. That's what Coley was at one stage against Pakistan. You know, we know what that goes down to be considered one of the all-time great T20 innings. At that same juncture, probably at the same stage of the innings too, he's out at over 16.2. But what was going on around him, you mentioned Conway, 21 from 20, gets out final ball of the power play. Fabulous piece of fielding from Shadab Khan, who goes on the bowl four faultless overs really, goes at about six and a half and over, but does exactly what he needs to do in the middle overs after the well, seamers, just to keep things quiet. It was his first two that really turned it. So, so after the quicks, you get the, the quicks who bowl the first six and then Shadab Khan uh, comes on and, uh, and and 
oh, the left-arm spinner who's had a horrible... Nawaz. Mo, Nawaz, Mohamed Nawaz. Um, I, I just... Some, maybe just out of mercy, I've stopped... <laughs> he's disappeared from my mind for a second. They bowled four overs between them that went for absolutely bugger all. So New Zealand... They get Phillips in there too. They get Phillips yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, the little... Trying to turn it to mid-wicket and the, the little leading edge. So New Zealand get to the halfway mark with 59 runs on the board. And yeah. it's just not enough. Like, you, you, you can't be... Particularly in these games where we've seen it getting harder to bat as the innings goes on, on these sort of slowish pitches, where maybe it's a bit easier to score when the ball's newer and you're able to throw your hands at the ball more. That's, that, that isn't sufficient. So Shadab Khan has a couple of expensive overs after that in the back end. But even though New Zealand are going at nine and a half through the back ten you get the sense that doesn't really worry Pakistan. They think, well, that's OK. We've, kept, we've suppressed them enough that we've kept them to something pretty manageable. Yeah, and down the other end is Daryl Mitchell, who for the second consecutive T20 World Cup semi-final makes a half century in... Well, last time it was... Uh you know, in a winning effort this time it was in a losing effort but 53 not out from 33 balls again not sort of attacking the ropes either three falls and one six strike rate of one five one and sweated through everything he was yeah. drenched which reflects how how hard they had to run you look down at they, they really didn't hit many boundaries at all New Zealand for what you'd expect out of one five two and it was the opposite when Pakistan come out there and first ball of the reply Rizwan slaying through the offside Barbara's arm hit seven falls his most fluent inning so far in the tournament 53 from 42 balls. I mean, he hit four half centuries on the trot last year, I think it was from memory, uh, when they made the semis and bowed out to Australia. But, um, you know, Barbara's arm, much as it is for Pakistan, is finding his touch when, when they need to at the right time of the tournament and often in big competitions, timing is everything. And it seemed like there was much more of a decision from Pakistan to go after it from the get go. Use the power play, use the harder, newer ball, and also. My observation of it was that New Zealand's bowlers were bowling length and getting hit, where Pakistan's bowlers have been bowling fuller consistently and attacking um, and, and thus making Williamson behave more defensively and Conway. Yeah, so the difference when New Zealand had bulk runs to bowl to against Australia and then against Sri Lanka, I think they got about 180, but it felt like an insurmountable total quite early on, is that Bolton Saudi were able to turn the screws because they were bowling to massive tallies and their accuracy and the movement they get with the new ball can daunt a chasing side, but no one's daunting Rizwan and Baba, who've struck 55% of Pakistan's runs in this format this year. Again, citing Ben Jones, it's the rever- it's, it's returning to the it's the, the, the central case, reversion to the mean. You know, these guys eventually were going to be able to do this at the tournament if they got deep enough, and they have now. Um, and they put on what 100 odd tonight, 105 in. in you know, and that was game over when that partnership's broken as an alarm goes off outside. Baba is out in the 13th over, 105 for one. And there's no way they're losing that. And Mohamed Harris um, sees them nearly all the way to the finish line with Shah Massoud and Iftikhar Ahmed's out, with it, out there at the end without facing a ball. But the, the work was done by the guys who were effectively doing the same thing as Williamson, just in one gear further up. They, they all play the same role, ostensibly. Maybe not Rizwan quite so much. But Barbara Azam and Williamson, if you look at their career side by side, I'd imagine their strike rates are pretty similar. It's just that um, they made a decision to bat at a sl- drive at a slightly higher tempo, knowing they were chasing 150-odd, and that enabled them to hit 55 runs in the first six overs. And like I said, that the back was broken at the chase. The other part of the picture is fielding. Several drop catches yep. in New Zealand's innings at different periods of time. One was very early off Barbara Azam, when obviously getting him out in the first over would have been 
you know, relatively helpful. Um, and, and one's at a point where there's the cut shot to Santner at point that goes down just where it looked like things might get a bit difficult. I think they needed 19 off 15 balls at that point, Pakistan. They still had plenty of wickets in hand, but that might have been something that might have introduced some nerves and there was a general just despondency a general sort of inevitable feeling like oh of course he would have dropped that catch from the New Zealanders at that point they looked like a, a beaten team at that stage they weren't sharp they weren't onto it and something like having a part-time keeper effectively in Devon Conway which is what they've gone with through this tournament I mean the balance has been a bit odd they've got Santner at seven ish Sodi at eight like that's the kind of batting lineup that maybe makes Kane Williamson have to bat cautiously and be worried about what's coming after him. And then they've got all of that with a part-time keeper in their top six as well. Yeah. And you could tell that in the footwork, the way he was going the wrong way. He was following the swing, moving to his left, and then he was wrong-footed when the, the edge went to his right and wasn't able to take it, where a, a proper keeper would probably have anticipated that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I think that uh, I felt a bit for, for, uh, for Conway there because, as you say, he did go. His, his weight was on the other foot corrected for it, went all the way with one hand and got the ball into the webbing and it just fell out. So he did well to recover, having not quite been in the right position. Yeah, you can make that case, but I think in, in T20 cricket, you're not anticipating that the wicket-keeping skills will offset the team balance. Like You want your wicket-keeper to be in the top six and ideally one of the top three. That tends to be when it works well. So as you got, obviously, with, with Pakistan, with Rizwan. So it hasn't quite worked there, but yeah, Conway, I don't think it's a... You know, he, he doesn't have a night out tonight, but he put New Zealand in his position to be in the in the semi-finals to begin with because what he did at the SCG proved the difference on that run rate, making sure that they were they were you know an entire sort of game ahead of Australia and England, owing to the fact that um, they they gained so much run rate at the first time of asking. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and by then it felt like a foregone conclusion, right? And look, that you could you could step back from this and say that look at the trend lines of Pakistan and New Zealand through the comp. If we were uh, reflecting on those two sides, well, we did. The, 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 the Sunday or maybe the Monday after Pakistan lose to Zimbabwe, the Pak Bean game, and when uh, Sri Lanka get towed up by New Zealand at the SCG, same ground they were tonight, New Zealand looked like they were just about untouchable in that group. And Pakistan were one foot out of the competition. Remember that when they played at the SCG... It's both feet, really. Both feet. Well, they played against South Africa at the SCG last Wednesday. When they were 40 for four, they had a 3% chance of progressing to the semifinals. And here they are, according to the QuickViz model, and here they are playing in the final on Sunday at the MCG, provided it doesn't rain, and let's not, let's not sort of indulge in rain chat too much as yet. It is Melbourne forecasting after all. That could easily change, believe me. Lived there most of my life. You have to. Um, that Pakistan... India World Cup final MCG that's tantalising and they've kept that alive from from three percent much as it was in '92 with the crouch with the with the um the crouching tigers and um and uh, it being bowled out for 73 at Adelaide Oval uh, by England only for that game to be rained off if that rain if that game gets completed uh, then they don't have any chance really of making it to the World Cup semis they get there on that occasion they win the whole thing at the G so there is some symmetry there as there is with '99 um, the point that uh, Tim Wigmore was making tonight that you know a World Cup being played very early in the season the home side being knocked out like they did in 99 with England um, and, and, and Pakistan tallying up uh, New Zealand in the semi as they did in that World Cup as well. The difference there of course being they ran into Australia who were the side who were doing that which well, by that, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching it, I'm saying, you know, uh, exponentially rising. He is pointing upwards uh, with his hand, yes. a, a flat palm ascending towards the sky, <laughs> a la an aeroplane. They're, they're aeroplaning uh, while New Zealand were, were nosediving. And, um, and that's what Pakistan are doing now. They're on the way up. They're 
timed their run to perfection. And they've thrown Muhammad Harris into the team, and that was fun because he comes in when Barbara Azam gets out. Play sensibly, 17 off 17 at one point, and yeah. then at that stage where they did need that 19, 19 off 15 yeah. balls, he threads Lockie Ferguson through extra cover shot. through the field. Beautiful shot. And then pumps him over the leg side for six and basically seals the game at that stage. Even though it did get into the last over and even though he did manage to get himself out right at the end of the, the last ball of the second last over, he pulled around the corner to short fine to Santana. But never what a mind. Fight. I mean, what a fine. I know we spoke about it a couple of nights ago, Jeff, when they beat... Bangladesh, but this dude is just, you know, rocked up from the subs bench a week ago when Fakazaman got injured. Not even sure Fakazaman was injured, like he kind of came out with an abdominal strain or something like that. They brought this bloke in with this extraordinary, what do they call it, a- attacking percentage or whatever from the PSL this year. The highest attacking percentage in all professional T20 cricket. Ever to be played and so on. Uh, and he's made three contributions in three wins that have pushed him into the World Cup final. It's a great yarn and it's very in keeping with Pakistan cricket. What about New Zealand, Jeff? I mean, you know, th- th- you know th- they were, we talk about Pakistan being on this rise. New Zealand were on the heater a week ago. Now they're fucked. Um, and this is this generation who they've taken to about 27 World Cups in a row. I know with some change, Finn Allen this year, for example, but um, like, what do you make of that? We probably won't see Trent Bolt wear a black cap shirt again until the World Cup in India next year, 50 over World Cup. He, it's unlikely he'll play between times given he hasn't got a national contract anymore. We've already sacked Williamson from the T20. <laughs> um, you know, um, Saudi, um, I must admit, despite how impressive his record is, I genuinely didn't know he was still playing T20 cricket when they started the World Cup. Um, you know, there is going to be change, um, despite how well the spinners have gone. Um, it feels like this might be a, a moment in time where that, that generation that have gone from World Cup to World Cup, the band might need to break up a little bit. It does seem like, I mean, I would guess that's probably it for Saudi. I guess, as you say, Bolt will play the 50 over World Cup, but probably won't go beyond that for New Zealand. Yeah. And I think they can't afford to ditch Williamson because they just don't have that level of quality batting. There isn't that depth in the ranks, you know. So someone like Daryl Mitchell is a, a player who's come in and yeah. done a job in the last couple of years and impressed. Um, Conway's come along as well. So, uh, but, but they've been sort of mature age recruits, if you want, in, in <laughs> footy parlance who've, who've come Utilities. in. Yeah, rather than necessarily, you know, rather than coming through the that teenage system and all the rest of it. Footy cards when I was growing up, Andy Gowers, utility. Utility, Danny Southern, Danny Southern Cross Station. Um, Nonetheless, before we get into footy chat once again, (laughs) because this has been far too much of this, there's been far too much of this over the course of this podcast, um, we need to get to a Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is brought to you by CBUS Super. (laughs) If you're lucky enough to live in Australia where you have superannuation, there are funds that look after your money in retirement. CBUS is one of those. Great returns over the last 38 years, 8.88%. Uh, they On can... average, across 38 years, from 1984. Yep. From 1984. Um, that's, a, that's, a, yeah, that's a significant number. Mm. It's a very significant number. You should remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. Get your super sorted out. Super, yeah, super go, and, go and talk to someone who knows what, knows what they're doing. We don't know what we're doing. They don't, you don't know what you're doing. national savings. Ask them where your super gets invested once okay. it's there. Yeah. So, the grow the country. Hall of Fame. Uh, Hall of Fame for me, the first over, Shane uh, Shafridi pitches up, smoked down the ground for four by Finn Allen. <laughs> second ball, hits him on the pad, given out LBW after about a 68 second delay by Maria Erasmus, who just had time to think about it. 
and then popped the finger up, inside edge, reviewed, not out. Third ball, hits him on the pad in exactly the same spot, no inside edge, reviews it again, out. Took 10 minutes to get through the first three balls of the match, and Finn Allen was four off three deliveries. Strike rate of 133. I did think about, well, I was just going to say, Rasmus more broadly was mine. What happened at the start, then later on, the catch that was maybe a waist high full toss, which ultimately would have run out at the non strikers end via, not one of those, um, via Glenn Phillips. And Mariah Rasmus is like, everyone, just chill the fuck out. I've got this. Just hang on a moment. Don't you all come up to me at once. I know what I'm doing here. I reckon he'll get the final. I reckon Mariah Rasmus had a good tournament. Yeah. I reckon it's a good chance to get the final. It's like the FIFA World Cup for a minute. It was like 15 players all yeah. surrounding him in his what's face. That, what's that? Um, the referee who gave the three year like Graham Pohl. Graham Pohl. When, um, uh, what was his name? The, the Croatia. Croatia. Uh, Oh, yeah, Simonic. Josip Simonic. Josip Simonic. And, um, yeah, so, uh, and uh, yes, the third, the third yellow card yeah. um, didn't matter. Harry Kiel stuffed them anyway. Yeah, he was probably offside, but let's not go into was it. Wasn't offside. Ah, no way. Never, ever was that offside. Uh, well, he got, he got, he got the, ru- the rub of the green that time, and then he got that handball then against Ghana. Yeah. Then he got gout. And didn't did, he? Play against, did he not play against Italy? Cause he had, I think he had gout, didn't he? Wow. Well, maybe that was the rumour. He didn't play the Italy game, the, the knockout game, because he... I thought that was like a, that's like a Henry VIII disease. How did he was he just eating like nineteen hams a day? It's port, isn't it? Must have just loved to party when he just loved to party. Well, party, party. Surely, if you're drinking port, that'd be Kevin Musket. Hey, uh, right. Hall of Fame. What else? What else was in in the Hall of Fame today? I'm sure there were other things. Um, um, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to defer to you. I mm-hmm. think. I think uh, Mariah Rasmus, given I clearly haven't planned any, um, yep. that, that, that's where I'm happy to land on that. 4 mm-hmm. get your super sorted out. Do as Jeff must after this tournament. As soon as this tournament's over, I'm going to make Jeff sort his super out. Sure. Last. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, there were, there were many other um, uh, humorous things that happened during the game today, which I cannot recall in the heat of the moment. Sometimes it's like this. We've been doing this for 23 days, and we have two more days to go. So second semi between India and England tomorrow at Adelaide Oval. We'll be there. Yeah, before we do that, we should say that we're doing the recording after the second semi. We're doing another recording. In Melbourne. In Melbourne on the Friday night. Yes. And we're doing it at... That's a great... That's a great point. Um, if you could, uh, so I'll just pad while you find the name of the joint. It's called it's called Johnny. It's called Johnny's Green Room. Johnny's not, Green not, Room, not, not Green's Johnny Room. No, um, Johnny's Green Room. That's in Carlton. It's okay. So it's it's above. It's a rooftop venue above King and Godfrey's. If you know the famous old delicatessen mm-hmm. in Carlton with all of the Italian uh, delicious things in it. Apparently, above that now is a cool rooftop venue, and we're going to go up there on Friday night about. 6 37 o'clock yep. we're gonna have a drink and we're going to record our world cup preview with cam fink our oh. award-winning cameraman Cam's gonna be there he'll be there to shoot he'll, he'll take if you come along cam will take lovely footage in the background of you watching yeah jeff and me do i think so come and do the thing have a beer with us have a drink say hi don't have a drink depends if you're thirsty or not how thirsty are you how many cans are you gonna have 60 cans you gonna have 70 cans how many cans are you gonna have you're thirsty oh after the world cup final Oh, 900 cans. Oh, great. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's enough from us for another day. The T20 World Cup Daily on the final word. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins brought to you by cbussuper.com.au. That's it. See you later. Live the game, love the game. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it.